0: Is Color Speak unveiling truth for light? Hi, I'm your host, Janet Huxley, author J.M. Huxley. Welcome to this podcast to unveil truth and uplift you. Color Speak is truth talk for relevance, restoration, social influence, and dynamic purpose in all places and all seasons. Wherever you find yourself today, you are relevant, you are influential, and you are called to divine, sacred, dynamic purpose. You were designed to celebrate color, to unveil truth for color, to light the world with color. Light is where you'll find truth. Truth is where you'll find color. And color is where you'll find God. Color is God. It's his love for you. Color is a product of light. We know that light makes color happen. And if color is a product of light, and God is light, that means color represents. Have you ever thought of color this way, or have you taken it for granted? And get this, the colors we see here on earth aren't even close to what we will see in heaven. God has not only given us a glimpse of what awaits us, but what we can experience to a degree here on earth is highlighted this way, as a representation of heaven. In this way, color represents so much. We can be encouraged to live our lives to the fullest, knowing we have support from the other side cheering us on in color. We only need to pay attention to be empowered on our journeys. So Color Speak is all about jumping up and down with excitement in our discussions about what God is doing on the planet, as well as his glimpses of the other side. Now, when I first envisioned Color Speak, something God told me to do, I knew I wanted to empower women through supernatural stories. Because if we can be assured of a creator who has our best interests and heart, we can be assured of our sacred dynamic purpose here on earth. When we operate outside of fear and within the glory our God has for us, we are able to step in and up to all we were designed to be. Once we come to terms with this, our limits are limitless and we can luxuriate in who we are unapologetically. We can be authentic. We can feel confident in the uniqueness of our design, celebratory not only of our individual attributes and DNA, but of our commonality. We can delight in our humanness, too. It's what binds us together as brothers and sisters on this planet. Most of the time, I am scratching my head over pretenses. I don't want to be another person who represents herself one way, but in my home acts another. I don't want to pretend to love people and then act unkindly behind backs. That's no way to live at all. And authenticity is everything. It allows us to escape the bondage of lies and deceit. And this is huge. I think we really just need to wrap our minds around this. Feigning being something we're not creates a disingenuousness that builds up like dirty film Like from not bathing. It's a lie and it's fed by social media. So, in a world of fake everything, authenticity matters. It's what most people are crying out for these days, I think. People want to be encouraged by people who are real and real is ugly, but it's beautiful too. Okay, so today for the season two opener of Color Speak, I have a very special guest with me who's willing to talk about all of this. It's my daughter, Rachel. Rachel's going to talk with me today about being real in a world that still benefits from truth. And as part of that, we are going to talk about manners. And there's a reason for this, especially since the both of us have been so puzzled over the death of them lately. Manners, are they really dead? So here's Rachel, a civil engineering student and an engineering ambassador for Kansas State University. And listen, I am a little subjective here, but I will tell you, she is smart and beautiful and committed to truth and justice. And I didn't even have to twist her arm or threaten her to come talk with me this morning. Get this, Rachel was married last week and will leave on her honeymoon tomorrow morning not even bright and early long before bright and early arrives on the horizon <laughs> it's going to be the ugly truth of getting up early in the dark but here we are it's a snow day we both have cups of coffee in hand and i'm so excited to welcome my daughter rachel to the show hi rachel hi what an intro <laughs> i'm so excited you're here oh my gosh i've wanted you on so so long but you're just you're a little busy just a little bit. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? What else would you like the listeners to know? I feel like you covered it. I'm
1: I'm an engineering student, so I'm on winter break. Just fresh, freshly married, going on our hey. honeymoon tomorrow. So that's, I feel like that's it, but it's all pretty exciting stuff.
0: What's really exciting is you being on a beach tomorrow while the rest of us are suffering through single-digit weather.
1: I mean, I'm still having to suffer through it with you right now. (laughs) I I mean, I still have to figure out how to get out of my parking lot. So I don't know if I'm I'm really that lucky yet, considering I'm going to have to figure out how to get to the airport with
0: an unplowed road. Oh, gosh. I'm going to pray angels wings over you.
1: I'm sure we'll be okay. I mean, we'll sled there. Worst comes to worst. It's not that far
0: away. (laughs) You'll make that happen anyway. I'll I'll get
1: some free. I, I won't have to pay for parking. It'll be fine.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, I'm so happy to have you here. One of the things about you, Rachel, there's so many things that I am so proud of uh, where you're concerned, but I, I think at the top of my list, obviously, is your faith, your love of Jesus, and as part of that, your willingness to take a stand for truth and to speak it and not worry about what anyone else thinks, because (laughs) you speak so close to the vest of our God. So it's great to have you here to talk about manners. So we had talked a little bit about our subject matter, which we were considering delving into prior to the end of last season and your wedding. And then just with all that was going on, we just shut everything down, stayed essentially off social media, put our phones away and decided we would wait for a rainy day or a snowy day. As the case may be, and so yeah, and I are. think
1: I think it's a really, I think yeah, it was it was a good time to disconnect and focus on you know the season and Christmas and the wedding, but man, I'm so glad we waited to
0: have this conversation until after the wedding because I feel like I have so much more to say now. Oh goodness, don't you though? <laughs> All right, let's just say it up front. Uh, people are a disappointment, and the only one that won't let us down is our God. And as part of that, we're going to talk about manners. And manners is really just a function of kindness. Manners are those guidelines that allow us to think of others besides ourselves. And I think as time goes on, there is sort of a disintegration and perhaps even an outright execution of manners. What say you?
1: Yeah, no, I think... I think especially it's huge. I see it more in my own age range more than just people that are you know older than me. I still see it in your generation, but it's definitely not showing up as much in mine. And I I think even over the years, I was I was shocked during the wedding season at just the lack of manners people had. And you're right, manners aren't just. How you treat other people it's it's being considerate of others and thinking outside of yourself and realizing you are not the most important person in the world. you're not the center <laughs> of the universe. I'm sorry, you're just not
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to find that, what happened? Okay, well, I feel like this is a conversation
1: we can just we can just walk through the wedding process of the second that you send out a save the date or I send out a save the date for a wedding from that moment on, um, as a bride you're considering all of your guests. I considered, I think we invited 150 people and I really took that time. And you remember how long it took me to address save the day. And, um, you, you painstakingly go through this process because you truly want every single person that you care about to be invited and to be there. And I'm sure for some people, it's just another wedding, you know, people go to a lot of weddings, but as a bride, this is, this is your day and your wedding and something that's super special and close to your heart. And, um, obviously, you only get one of these, hopefully. <laughs> and hopefully. Hopefully. And you want it to be special. And you have all these really important people in your life that you want to be there. And so, from the second you send those Save the Dates out, you are considering those people. You're going to tastings and making sure that the food that you choose will be enjoyed by everyone. You want everyone to have a great meal and a great time. And then you send out invites and again, you were there, you helped address all of those invites for all of the people and we send those out and then I'm sitting here anxiously waiting every RSVP as I plan for table linens and centerpieces and how much cake we're going to need and just everything. And I don't, I don't think I ever realized how much time goes into a wedding before I actually planned one because every detail is just intense and time-staking. And even more than that, like you put your heart into it. I put my heart into this wedding and, and making sure it was beautiful and enjoyable because I, I mean, yes, it was my wedding. And of course I was thinking about me and my now husband and our day and all the things, but I truly care about people. And I was really excited to have all these really special people that mean so much to us be there. And so of course they were kind of my main concern was making sure that I was going to be a good hostess and I was going to be considerate of other people because it's, I would have eloped if I didn't want to do that, you know? Right. (laughs) I didn't have to have a wedding and and have all these people there, but I wanted them there.
0: You wanted them included and you wanted that inclusion to be about them feeling comfortable and welcomed and loved. Yeah. And provided for,
1: because you know, we've all
0: been to those weddings where you're just asked to come to the reception and have cake because somebody needs they a, want gift. a gift. Right, right, right. Or we, we talked about all of those nuances prior to, and as a family, how we wanted to present and how we wanted those that we loved to be made to feel special.
1: Yeah. And my, my whole perspective, too, is, is the wedding we were throwing was there was so much money going into it. There really was the money, the time, the thought, the the carefulness. If I really just wanted a gift, I could have put no money towards it and just thrown a little shindig and had people come and give me a gift. But that's not what it was about to us. It wasn't. And so, of course, you know, we've gone through this painstaking process of of caring for others. I, I truly think that you saw, I think, I would hope that everyone who was close to us would see how much effort we put into being good and gracious hostess and making sure people had a really fun time and and we spent so much time even choosing the song lists and just everything. So much time went into it. And so, you know, what we're getting to, and I think we experienced this a bit with the shower too, of just, we even had to track down RSVPs for the shower. And there's only about half of the people invited to that as to the actual wedding. And so I'm sure we, we should have expected that maybe the actual wedding process of RSVPs would be a bit challenging, <laughs> but I don't think I ever would have expected it to be as challenging as it ended up being because yeah, I mean, you know, that's what I'll say that I had to track down 70 RSVPs three days after the deadline and I gave so much time for the deadline and I'm sure most people just, you know, forgot, which is fine. You know, I feel like there's grace to be given, of course. And, um, I, I, my, my consternation came from when I had to ask multiple times or when, um, my biggest thing would be when I would tell someone how important it was for them to be there and then get some, frankly, half-assed answer <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or, or people, or people just acting like they don't care. I would be friends with these people for so long and I would have gone above and beyond to be at their wedding and to, even if I couldn't make it, make sure that they knew how much they meant to me and how sorry I was. I couldn't be there for them and to be treated so poorly and act like I meant nothing to them or that this day meant so little, and that it was just another party they couldn't attend.
0: Well, do you Um, think that's because, Rachel, they haven't been first of all, first and foremost, I think a lot of people just are not raised with manners these days. They don't know what proper protocol is, but I think they're busy and they've they lost sight of the RSVP. So I'm wondering if maybe they just didn't understand that the RSVP, and this is just the first step that you'll share with us, I realize there was so much more, but the RSVP was sort of the first part of a response that needed to be given in a mannerly way so as to allow you to proceed and to plan because all of your people from your florists to your coordinator to your caterers, all of those people needed those numbers in pretty early.
1: Yeah, and I, it was a bit of both. I think there's was, there was definitely two sides to it. There's the side of the, obviously, the numbers and the financial aspect and the planning of, look, number one, I am an engineering student and last semester, junior year really kicks your butt. This is, this is a very, very challenging year for an engineering student. So I kind of realized, you know, my planning aspect of having a wedding the same year as junior year of engineering school was maybe not the best idea, but it all worked out. But under those circumstances of we are already under a lot of stress as engineering students. And so we really needed things to go off seamlessly. And so, you know, maybe if I had you know, if my full time job was dedicated to wedding planning, it would
0: be a different story. But <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> even then nah. it would have been arduous but at even, best. It even then
1: yeah, it, it really would have been, been. Yeah. But yeah, so we so we have that going and I have I don't think people realize you have your florals are due well in advance because they have to order all of that stuff months in advance. They have to order the flowers and the greenery and rent the candle cylinders and everything down to the smallest detail those numbers have to be given well in advance. And so given our wedding was three days after Christmas, those numbers were due the week of Thanksgiving. Now we had to prepare that we would not get all of our answers by Thanksgiving. So we sent the RSVP deadline a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. So we would get all of our numbers back in time. And even then I had people over Thanksgiving who didn't know their answer, you know, which to a certain extent, of course, there's grace to be given there as well. But so I have to have those numbers by Thanksgiving. And um, that comes down to even, of course, the centerpieces, the table linens, the chargers that go at every single table, um, all the things that need to be ordered food-wise have to start getting ordered, just all the little things. And so, of course, in my brain, I'm hearing cha-ching, cha-ching, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, because if you think about it, all of that really adds up. So it does. So someone's So someone's seat that you're preparing for them. Um, the bride and groom are paying for well in advance before the wedding, well in advance. So even, even besides the price tag on it, which ultimately is, is just, you know, it's not the biggest deal for us. It was, it was, we wanted our loved ones to be there. And we, that was, this is the second aspect of it is of, yes, you have the numbers and we're needing to get these numbers in and I'm not wanting to chase 20, not 20, 70 plus RSVPs down while I'm a full-time engineering student before finals.
0: (laughs) Right. Let's clarify. You got married 10 days after finals. Yeah. Which is significant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so impressed with your ability to pull all of that off and to remain level-headed, really.
1: I mean, I really only had, I, I can be truthfully honest, I did not wedding plan while I was in school. I couldn't. I, maybe after hours, I literally would have to, text people asking them if they're coming or not. So I could get these numbers in because Thanksgiving that week was my only week to plan before finals. And then I had that 10 day countdown, which included Christmas and you going to Mexico and a ton of other things. That's right. That was stressful. It was so stressful. and (laughs) There was not a lot of time to actually do anything wedding related because my focus was school as it should be, you know? So I think I think I had to give myself grace as well as giving other people's other sure. people grace. And I, I feel grace upon grace upon grace for this season. And but with giving grace, there also has to be a certain call, call for people to do better. And I know that at least moving forward, how I will treat others who are planning a wedding because I know, understand it on such a deep level. And I mean, of course, you know, the second part to what I was saying about, you know, the season of getting RSVPs is, is truly if you invite 150 people, that's, that's not a lot compared to other weddings at all. And we expected that we would probably get around 90, 100 people, maybe with it being after Christmas. But then when, when all these really important people in our lives were saying no, because they, they would travel or they would family, which are totally valid reasons, obviously, absolutely understand. We chose a very inconvenient date for a wedding. and all of that was perfectly, perfectly acceptable. And of course, we were sad that people could not make it. And we we dealt with that. And a lot of people were very kind and and sent us such sweet gifts and messages about how they couldn't be there. And we have friends who are nurses and doctors who are spending their holiday season, um, not with their families either. Of course, there was so much love given to those people. And we are so appreciative of the people that took their time to send us such heartfelt messages about how they couldn't be there. So I want to share that positive too, because we did get so much love.
0: Yeah, for sure. But there's a big but there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There were people that I just could not get an answer from about RSVPs. And I, I struggled with the, can you, can you just give me a yes or no, because I have to give these numbers. And if I if I say yes, that means we're we're going to move forward and we're going to put you down and we're going to pay for the alcohol and the food and the linens and the flowers and the everything. Or if you give me a no, can you just commit to that no and not show up? There's not going to be any of that for you, you know, which is which is hard because even a few weeks up until the wedding, some people were bouncing back and forth like ping pong balls.
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: And, and, and I, I have to say the reason I feel like this is important is because most of the people that did this were our age group around college age students. And I felt maybe my, my heart says, Oh, well maybe they just didn't know. Or yeah, maybe they just didn't know proper manners or whatever with it when it comes to RSV peeing, because some people may not know that, um, or how important it is. They haven't planned a wedding before. So there's grace for that. But, what really shocked me was how, um, just how people would not show up and this is what ryan and i talked about is we were we were married we were sitting at our sweetheart table at our reception and we looked at all these tables and we knew some people had flaked out but then we started counting because we we took so much time to make the seating chart so we knew exactly where everyone was supposed to sit because that's so much attention we put into this thing we knew exactly every single table that everyone should be at and we were excited to go and see them at those tables and we sat there and we saw all of the empty chairs and we knew exactly who was missing and ryan looked at me and he goes our friends didn't come mm-hmm. and we're sitting there and we're, we're thinking is this is this where we're at in life where where we've spent all of this money all of this time all of this attention and our friends couldn't bother showing up and at this point i'm thinking there has to be a reason There has to be some reason. I I hope they're okay. Like there was a lot of people not there that said they were going to be there. And so then my next thought is.
0: So I just want to clarify here. So for those listening, and, and really, this is the impetus for this discussion is it's really not for Rachel and I to vent or lament the loss oh, no. of, yeah. of all of this. But but really, just to point out, we we have a problem in society, and it's so much more far reaching than just wedding RSVPs. However, I will say this, this is really indicative of where we find ourselves in society, that someone could knowingly RSVP and know that your, all of those things that are associated with that RSVP. RSVP are provided for and paid for and are at minimum, and it's not just this wedding, it's any wedding or probably about a hundred dollars a plate. And you're just not going to show up. I mean, at the last minute, you just decide you have better things to do. That to me is hugely problematic for where we are in the world. And, And, you know, I know there's an argument that maybe, like you said, Rachel, that maybe people just don't, understand that. And they think, Oh, it's just a wedding. And I'll drop in if I can, if not. Okay. But for me, I started seeing signs, like even with the shower, I had never heard of such a thing. I was raised in a family where you went nowhere nowhere without something in your hand. You never showed up to any sort of invite empty handed. I don't care if that was, you're, you're invited to dinner, you bring a bottle of wine or you're invited, wherever you're invited, you show up. And at Rachel's wedding shower for crying out loud, people showed up that didn't even bring a gift. And, and that's okay, she didn't need them and that was fine. And we're not losing any sleep over it by all means, but it's just really, you think, ah, aha, is that where we are? In our world,
1: yeah, and I think so. That's how you raised me too—was to just be considerate of other people and their time and their money and and just and showing respect to others, being considerate of others. And so that's why all of this shocked me the most was was not the gifts or the plates or even the money to a certain extent. It was the lack of consideration. And so when we, so yeah, when when we sat there and we saw so many people were missing, I I was genuinely concerned for the safety of my friends. And so I then thought, well, maybe. Because I hadn't been on my phone all day. I was, you know, very present. But I thought maybe, maybe I got some messages. Maybe some people just let me know. Out of all the people that did not show up, I did not get
0: one message from any of them. I still have not. Well, you had one message from one girl just what, a couple of days before the wedding who was initially supposed to be in the wedding party who said she couldn't get the day off and that floored me. And there was another somebody who didn't show up that I heard couldn't get the night off. I'm thinking, but the save the date cards went out a year ago. And that, <laughs> How did How, was, not, how did you RSVP for a wedding that people, you couldn't, When people yeah. would
1: say something like, "Oh, it just it was last minute or whatever." At the end of at the end of all of this, and I will say there there are some exceptions, right? We've talked about the nurses and the doctors or there's a couple of people who legitimately have been planning vacations for this week for a long time. Absolutely. There's I I absolutely get that. However, there are certain people that I know well and good just didn't want to come. And that's fine. Just say that. But don't don't gaslight me don't give me excuses that whatever I can smell inauthenticity from miles away. (laughs) Like I, I sniff that out. So just be honest with me. If, if you don't want to come because you want to be married and you want to be in that position and this is going to make you sad, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. That's how you feel and that you're in that. That's where you're at in your life. But I hope that I would wish you the best if I were in the same situation and I would come and I would support you.
0: And there were those in that position who did.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I just I feel that I feel that like people were so focused on themselves they forgot about how their actions would would reflect on us. And ultimately, of course, when we're spending all of this money and more than dozens of people did not show up, that is money that is that is gone that you've that you've taken away from a bride and groom that could use that for other things who are in college. Mm-hmm. Like It's just, it's the lack of the consideration and the manners that is more hurtful than even just the the fact of it, you know? And yeah, the fact that no one felt the need to even let us know they weren't going to be there or to not show up or whatever. Of course, we're going to sit here and be like, wow, we are chopped liver to them. And that's the point that I'm trying to make more than that is I want people to understand that when you're invited to a wedding it is a gift from the bride and groom. They want you there. They are not inviting you to get a gift because I can promise you they are spending more money to have you there than they would ever get from a gift from you. Exactly. And so, yes, of course, bring a gift, have have manners and decorum when you show up to wedding to bring a gift. But my point is, is I would not invite you if I just wanted a gift. I would take that money I could spend on your plate and I could go buy myself that gift.
0: Right. Like, well, and I told you ahead of time, even when your dad and I were married all those years ago, there were people that showed up that didn't bring a gift. And in my mind, I thought, you know what, that's fine. I don't need your gift. Yeah. But but maybe just a little tiny something that demonstrates that you care, right, that you're not right. That it just it speaks volumes do about for $5 gift cards yeah,
1: for coffee. If that's exactly. all you can do. I ultimately and I can say this now, I would have much rather had the the presence of the people that I thought I thought were important in my life to be there over any gift. And yet would it it have not been fun if all of these people had come and not brought a single gift? Of course, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to open wedding gifts and, and cherish those for the rest of your life. But ultimately I would have loved for just our friends to come and support us and show that they cared about us. And instead and and we've talked about this. Weddings bring out kind of the worst in people and the true colors. They do. But people, I feel like people made their feelings very clear. I mean, were we forgotten about or whatever? I mean, I would think, and this is my perspective now on, we've posted the wedding photos. And we've gotten so much love back. But those people that didn't show up, I haven't heard a single thing from them. And I'm wondering, I, I just, I can't help but wonder why.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, Rachel, I mean, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head. And there are those who unfortunately will be stuck and remain stuck in their suffering because they can't see beyond themselves. The first step in healing is to step out of oneself and to remove the focus and be outward focused. And I think that is so helpful and that's what I always say whenever whenever you're feeling down or frustrated or whatever, the best medicine in the world is to help someone else, just get away from oneself. And unfortunately, um you know, I think I think we pray for those people that that feel that way because, yeah. I well, and and I'm going to transition here too a little bit, and and just say that, you know, weddings are hard. Like you said, it it brings out the weird in people, and I think we have to remember that our battle is not with flesh and blood, and this is a covenant. This is something that you did before God that was according to his design. It was his purpose for you. And in fulfilling that there's an enemy that's roaring about like a lion who wants to decimate that, to be honest. So knowing that ahead of time is helpful. Yeah.
1: And I think too, I, Brian and I have talked about this a lot because you know, and I won't go into detail, but there was so much drama involved with the wedding that was just so silly and so unnecessary And we constantly felt that, man, like people are focused on all the wrong things and all of the 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 surface level things in life that are so unimportant.
0: Them. They're focused on them.
1: Yes yeah, yeah. so they're focused on, on themselves, themselves yeah. and we felt that so many people now you know shifting from you know college friends and and people our age that didn't show up, but there was other people that felt that really this day should be about them and what they want to do for us and or what they need at the wedding or how we can make them happy at the wedding or x y, z, all the things, and some people just really find that their true purpose in life is to shine at a wedding or something. <laughs> And then so we have that aspect of it, too, which then the focus is, again, it's it's so construed because it's it's not about them either. Frankly, it's not about any of us. It's about our marriage being ordained by Christ. That's what it's about. Amen. And people just kept trying to, I feel, twist it into something that it wasn't. This is not a party at the end of this. This is not something where I crown you with the ATR and you get to feel special or you get adoration for whatever you've done for us or whatever it may be this is, this is about a marriage between me, Ryan and God. And that's, that's it. And do we celebrate and are we going to have fun and dance and have cake and do all of the things? Of course, but that, that should never be the focus. And that's not what it's about.
0: Well, and I was really happy with, you know, we had our own struggles, even internally within our family, a few little squabbles, nothing that we couldn't surmount. Yeah. And it was great. And, it, and at the end, here's what here's where I saw God. And this was this was a miracle on the day of your wedding. Every single one of your siblings who really have been extremely supportive Of you. Yeah, they they all came together. We had an amazing day. We had uh, stayed overnight downtown Kansas City at Lowe's the night before, and showed up at the venue bright and early. It wasn't even bright. Again, it was raining. (laughs) And it was 8 a.m. And that's when we started in with hair and makeup. And we we had quite a long day of it. But the whole day was about celebration and excitement and rallying yes. together and love. Like love permeated that building. And I just kept thinking about the Lord because I brought my Bible in and I set it on a ledge by the window. And I looked out the window and I prayed as you were getting your makeup done. And I'll tell you what, he showed up. So it's just so yeah, allegorical I, of the world, right? There's so much stuff that goes on even within the context finds of COVID and the pandemic and all the, the nonsense of the past couple of years, but you can still find so much good. And that's what I saw at the end of the day, God showed up yeah, and, and I, it was perfect.
1: And I think, I think I should mention that. I'm glad you brought that up because ultimately, and we talked about this yesterday. Um, I think it was me, you and Ryan um, when we were on the phone, but ultimately, you know, there was, there was stuff that happened that we don't need to get into at the wedding. And there was stuff that happened before the wedding. And frankly, our whole year was clearly under attack because for some reason, Satan, he really did not want us to get married. Right. He really did not want us to get married. And he hates the fact that good one. And that's, that's what I, I saw the most throughout the year was I thought, man, we must make hell really nervous if this is how hard to stop this. And that's, and that's what I remember the most. And ultimately, and I said this to you in the car the night of the rehearsal, you, I'm sure you will always remember this moment. I said, hell no, no one is going to ruin this day for us. Not anyone, because this day is not about any of the circus level stuff. This is not about that. This is about our marriage with Christ. No, we're not letting any of this worldly stuff get to us. We're not going to do it. And I, I said straightforward, Satan will not ruin my day. And you know what? He didn't. And when we think of our day, I honestly cannot imagine it going any better. I mean, maybe, maybe if the t- DJ had remembered our first dance song, <laughs> it might have helped. But ultimately, that was one small hiccup. And if that was the only thing that went wrong, which it really was, I'm okay with that because I was I was prepared for maybe babies just cry or whatever to happen. But ultimately, it just went so well. I. Even with getting no sleep the night before the wedding, we showed up with coffee. We had such a peaceful morning. And I, I sat there and I told Cherish, the, the hairstylist, I said, is it weird that I'm so calm right now?
0: Oh, the, the wedding coordinator, <laughs> Emily, told me, she said, I can't, I can't believe her. She's so calm. And I said, well... Yeah, I mean, you were radiant and happy. The wedding
1: coordinator had dealt with me a lot throughout the year because it was it was a stressful year and there was so much going on. And and there were so many times I didn't think that I could plan this big, beautiful wedding um, in engineering school. And so I called Emily so many times and said, I'm so stressed out. Please help me. And, And then at the rehearsal, I told you, the coordinator looked at me and she said, Rachel, it's time to relax. I've got this. And I just kept feeling like, okay, she's telling me this, but I also feel like it's God telling me this. I kept thinking that too. Yeah, Everything into this wedding. I planned it so well. I was so organized. I did the engineering school. I've, I've, I've done the, the wedding planning. Now it's time to sit here and reap the reward of my hard work. And I just kept feeling like God's got this. My coordinators got this. Everyone's just got this and it's time for me to relax. And so I did, and I didn't think I would be able to relax, but really when all I felt that morning of the wedding was so much peace and I was just so excited Joy. and I had heard Ryan got there and I was just so excited (laughs) to see him. And I just kept feeling like this, it was all perfect. And then to see, to see all of the decorations come together from the florist and and I don't know if everyone on here will even, you know, see pictures eventually, but just, they did such a beautiful job with our venue and everything looked so much better than I had even imagined it would be. And everyone in our bridal party looked awesome.
0: Yes. <laughs> and Your dad and I were crying over that. Everyone looked so good. Beautiful. Yeah,
1: It was gorgeous. It was better than anything I could have thought. And I thought at the end of all of this, it didn't matter who showed up or not because I had my family there. And my family was awesome. And And there's the distinct moment of, of course, the ceremony in my head went by so fast. I don't know if I remember much of it. I remember kind of glimpses. So I'm really excited to see the wedding video, but I just remember it being so perfect and and beautiful and emotional and so sacred. And then I remember after we walked out of the venue and we wrapped around to go back into the venue and went up the stairs and it was me and Ryan and suddenly all of all of my siblings were filtering in and out of the room. <laughs> And it was just so fun. My my brother Taylor came up and gave Ryan a really rare cigar and was te- telling him how to do it. <laughs> of and, course he did. And and everyone and and my sister was saying, "What kind of wine can I go and get you?" And my other sisters were helping take my veil out and get my hairpiece figured out and bustling my dress and just. I didn't think that would be such a special moment, but looking back, I realized we were. It was just me and Ryan and and all of these siblings. And Ryan views them as his siblings now, and he just he's talked about how thankful he was to have just such a strong group of people coming up and loving on us because that's something that he really hadn't gotten and to feel so much love from all of us it realized i realized how unimportant just all the people who kind of have cared less to show up because the people that were important did show up
0: well and i was going to say you know it was really love that was under attack and i'm sitting over here kind of like tearing up but it was so good. I mean, I even was thinking about how, Taylor, you were up in the nest, which was at the very top of White Iron Ridge, which is an amazing <laughs> wedding venue. And at the very top is literally, I think, from the very bottom where we had our common area and our all of our rooms and things to the top where the Eagle's Nest is, what is it, like a hundred stairs? And I was up and down those all day long. But you were at the very top. What,
1: when they say honeymoon tower, they are not kidding me. Oh,
0: tower. it really is, especially when you forget something on the lowest level and you're going <laughs> let me tell you anyway. So uh, K- Taylor kept calling me. I want to see Rachel. I want to see Rachel. And I said, okay, hold on. She's getting in her dress, whatever. Finally, he came up and it was just that he had to see you. <laughs> it was just and so that's,
1: sweet. That's it I was remember. just so, when, so sweet. Yeah. Is when, when we remember this day, um, I'm not going to remember all the little tiny, tiny little things that are so unimportant or the, the people that maybe weren't as happy or, or whatever. I'm going to remember those moments that were so special because ultimately, and even, even the memory of the day, Satan is not going to touch. No one's going to touch just the beautiful sacredness of that day. And it's not because of anything we did. It's because God wanted it to happen. And this whole year, us getting the venue, us getting every single vendor we wanted, and then them doing amazing. All of it was God because I, I can't imagine doing this on my own because it was just all so stressful at times. And it worked out so beautifully. And I don't want anyone to ever try to taint that for us or or make us view it in a negative light, like we should have done something different. Because frankly, I think think it was always focused about us, our marriage, Christ, love, and family. And that's what it's about.
0: Well, and that's the (laughs) impetus really for this discussion for those who are listening, because there are still a lot of people out there that listen that aren't married. And I just want to say, you know, you have to, going into anything like this, know that when you are acting under God's direction as part of a covenant with him, it's not always going to be easy, right? There's going to be attack. And when Rachel says that we were stressed, that is an incredibly (laughs) egregiously understatement. And in fact, I was beginning to wonder what was wrong with me. I was waking up in the morning with migraines. Well, I think for a month. And we were under so many attacks. It was hard. It was so hard. Honestly, Uh, My first, I've been, well, today is, by the time this airs, just know we're earlier, but today is the 2nd of January, and this is my third morning without a headache, because Mm -hmm. it was after all of that, I feel like there was this sonic boom in the spiritual supernatural world that happened when all of this came together, and to see God's provision is my point Stay the course. Well, and Stay the is, course on anything you do. And what is more
1: confirmation that your marriage is blessed by God than everything that happened? Right. I mean, seriously. For sure. How, all year we were under so much attack, and somehow, and somehow, I kept feeling like God's goodness was still so prevalent because yes. everything kept working out and everything kept coming together, and never once did. Ryan and I ever shift in our love and devotion for each other. We got so strong throughout the process of the year. And we we only became more and more ready for marriage through it. And there was just never even there was so much background noise of, of Satan trying to get us distracted from what the focus was. And of course, it was very, very stressful, because that's just kind of the name of the game. It was a big wedding to throw three days after Christmas. And It was a lot with the school and everything that all of us have going on it was a lot but the point being that seriously how ordained by christ must our marriage be that it made hell scramble (laughs) like literally (laughs) they did not know what to do and then when we got married they were like well oh crap (laughs) you know and that's and that's more confirmation that i ever needed was the fact of wow we must we must be pretty freaking special (laughs) <laughs> them to try to come at us the way they were and it's cool to think of that like wow what what must our future hold for them to be so terrified of us that they feel the need to come at us in every direction and try to upend something that ultimately was never gonna be tampered with because our wedding was gorgeous and beautiful and emotional and christ-centered and we got married <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, congratulations. And you know, I just want to say, you were remarkable. I I watched you deal with all the things that came at you from literally people saying disparaging things to you and pointing fingers at you. And just it was a rough time. And honestly, at me too. There was some unkindness even. Well, anyway, I will say that. Let me back up a little bit say I just, I thought you remarkable. I thought you must really be protected by guardian angels and even the day of the wedding you had given me your phone and i took both of our phones and left them in my room for the wedding ceremony mm-hmm. and i didn't so i didn't even take so much as a selfie i regretted not taking Pictures later with friends and I just but I was so so absorbed in the moment. So I guess I'm just I'm not regretful either, because I I think we all need to do I am really guilty for sure of not stepping away from my phone mm-hmm. as often as I need to and should and so at any rate. So all of that having been said, it wasn't until five o'clock the next morning when your dad left our room to get home and to take care of the animals on the farm, and I thought, oh, I'll look and see if anyone's posted anything on Facebook because I haven't seen any pictures, and then there was just a hateful comment made on our Facebook, my Facebook post of um, that I had just. There was just some flowers I had pictured. And I thought, you know, I have to understand that people must be really hurting to make comments like that. And I have to understand the source of them and not take it personally and choose not to be hurt by those things. Because in a world where we are really trying to do the right thing and to really keep our focus where it needs to be, you know, these these sorts of things are going to happen. And it's really a testimony. It's an opportunity rather for us, in terms of how we choose to handle those things. And I watched you navigate so much this last year. And then I, like you, I stood back and watched God do his thing. <laughs> Boy, I mean, it almost makes me emotional because, you know, on color speak, I always ask people, what is your biggest evidence for God? What has he done in your life that's miraculous lately? Well, what I saw on your wedding day was I saw grandmothers in their 80s that were able to be a part of it that were not ill. I saw a family that had not been affected by COVID that was all there. And those people that were the dearest to us were there and were able to be a part of it. And God just created this peace and harmony and joy. And it was supernatural. And let me just tell you, the groom, I have never seen a groom so happy ryan was giddy <laughs> from start to finish for days oh, he's,
1: he's still giddy you should see him he's so excited for that oh 90s. i'm sure like, <laughs> oh
0: it's so fun
1: but no i and and i will say too i think i think that was one thing that we learned kind of the most through all of this and i'm sure you get this but we we saw people believing so many lies and, you know, you can, you can speak truth to the best of your ability. You can try to lead people to the truth, but unless they're looking for the truth, they're not going to find it. Yeah. And I truly believe at the end that the people that, that most of this frustration came from throughout this season, I believe they weren't truly looking for the truth and they were believing the lies. And ultimately you can only do so much to try to, to try to help that and to, you know, you know, I'm an, a very authentic person and, People believed lies about me and lies about Ryan and lies about this wedding and and this family and all of the things. And ultimately, there has to be a season where you, as Jesus says, dust off your sandals. Mm-hmm. And that's where
0: we... Well, you offer we, we your offer, peace. We offer peace. And if it's not accepted, remember, he says, take it back. And I don't even think we got to that point. We just kept offering I peace.
1: And I think there's only so many times you offer peace before you realize it's affecting your peace. Right, like, yeah. like we, our only focus right now should be on being newlyweds and enjoying marriage and, and figuring all of this stuff out. And we're about to start school here in a few weeks again, and our our focus can't constantly be on these on these silly battles of flesh and blood that that ultimately we've continued to fight, you know, over and over again throughout the process of our engagement mostly and i and we had to be very um intentional early on you know this week of determining what we're going to allow in our marriage or not and it's
0: called boundaries
1: the, boundaries and we can't <laughs> allow the same types of conversations and hurt and manipulation to take place from our engagement to now happen into our marriage and you know because now we're not we're not two individuals fighting all these different battles we're we're one and we're a family now And that that's going to change things and that's going to change our relationships with other people. And people have to respect that because ultimately we're, we are a Christ ordained marriage and oh man, I would not want to be, I would not want to be a Christian fighting against that.
0: Oh, good point. Yeah. And
1: I just, I just, I have to, at the end of this, um, throughout all of this, I have to think, you know, we're all going to have to answer for our actions one day in front of Christ and we get to decide what we're answering for Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. And I would not want to be a person coming up against the goodness of God.
0: Right. That's exactly right. And it's so well said. And I think if we just endeavor to look beyond ourselves and what we feel are our own needs that are not being met or being met or whatever, it's going to look different. And I think once the dust settles, so to speak, uh, literally off those sandals you talked about proverbially, I think that there will be some understanding with some clarity, because honestly, all you need to do is to get alone with Christ for a few minutes and talk to him. And I don't know if you've ever tried this, Rachel, I'll sit down and I'll say to him, what do I need to repent of? And boy, boy, is he clear. Like, it's always amazing to me how that works. And I I think that people will, if they truly endeavor to know the truth and they truly desire to walk with Christ according to his plan, there's nothing but goodness that's going to come from that. And I think you're right. I I think you protect your family, which is now paramount of paramount concern just after your faith in God. That has to come first and you need to protect that and do what is necessary to keep to keep things in order. I started to use the word toxicity, but I don't even think that's fair. It's just such a buzzword these days, but uh, you know, it's true. And I, and, and it, and it gets back to, I mean, even the manners thing, I just, I wanted to circle back around because, you know, the manners thing is it's about not just the RSVPing, right? It's just as simple as please. And thank you. So I was raised in a household where, you say please and thank you all the time. Please and thank you, please and thank you. There's never a please or a thank you apart from receiving or requesting. And so I've always been appalled when I've stood in line and I've watched the way people mistreat others, whether they're receiving a cup of coffee from a barista or receiving food from a waitress. You, you look at people yes. in the eye, uh, you say please and thank you. I think about those manners that I was raised with. And I earlier had my top 12 that this is what my mom told me. She said, don't talk with your mouth full. Don't chew with your mouth open. Three was don't place your elbows on the table ever even after eating. Four, don't reach across the table in front of another. Ask to have an item passed. Five is wipe the sides of your mouth with your napkin. Six was when eating soup, you always place the spoon away from you and scoop from the other side of the bowl. Okay, so some of these aren't super important. But what about seven, don't raise your voice in public. So I've noticed that people, when they enter an establishment where there are other people, they yell across the room to them. That is so ill-mannered to my mind. Walk across the room and have your conversation. Don't interrupt others. Don't cut in front of people in line. I always think of the Costco lines. Those things I mean that's a decay of society. <laughs> the Western civilization.
1: Well, and I and I think and I think that we could we could even add a few to that of like um be genuine in your responses. Yes. Be authentic with how you interact with others. Like I think I think there's just so many to add to that on like Okay, we're going to we're going to have the general like be a kind person, but also be be an authentic
0: person. Be genuine in what you're saying. Let your
1: word be your word.
0: RSVP hashtag. Well, wait, let me finish because I have three more on my list. Show respect to your elders, which we don't do anymore. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone needs to be deferential to me, but I know how I feel around older people. I want to respect them. They've lived more years than I have, which is just phenomenal that people are so egregiously hateful and rude to their elders these days. And then always say thank you, never go anywhere empty-handed. And number 12 was RSVP. All right, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> wanted to get that list out.
1: <laughs> well, leading from that, I, I feel like I need to bring up a scene from Parks and Rec. where <laughs> So Tom is wanting to start a business and, or no, he has started a business and someone's wanting to buy it from him and take the name and he's like considering selling it and ron tells him before you do that just know like that's your name and that's and that's something that has true value and you don't want to demean that by putting like another name in it that is you don't want your name to be a part of or something so what he's getting at is like your name has value and what you use with it has value and so i like to think of when people tell a lie or they're disingenuous or whatever, they're affecting their character and their name. And I always try to, when I think of myself, I want people to know me as being genuine and authentic and not a liar or someone who who just wants to say things to make myself look better. I want people to think of me as someone who's genuine and real and they know I'm not going to sugarcoat anything to them, but I'm going to be kind and truthful. you know. And I think it's important to think about how we want to be known by others. And I wouldn't want to be known as someone who's unkind or malicious or self-consumed or anything like that. And and that's what I feel like all of this wraps up in a nice bow to be is just being kind and respectful to other human beings. And maybe that's why just the lack of consideration from other people was hurtful is because I can't imagine being that unkind to someone or that inconsiderate to someone. And, and maybe I get that from you and my manners and I think we both just like love really deeply. And so when we're in these situations, it maybe cuts a little deeper. And so we can't imagine doing that to other people. So it
0: hurts more when people do it to us. I think you're right about that. I think I've often really deliberated about this. I've pondered this. Why do I get so upset when people are lacking manners or unkind, or they don't desire to know the truth, or etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I think it's because I have such high expectations for myself. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't hold others to the same standards, necessarily. But shouldn't I? I mean, they're biblical standards. It's what God set out for it's us. True. It's why we have manners. It's truth. And, you know, love when I think your about your, your name, and I love that scene in the crucible, the m- movie, Production of it where John Proctor in the Crucible at the very end says he, you know, he could save himself from hanging if he would just lie and admit to witchcraft, right? And he says, no, it's my name. When they said, well, why won't you do this? Why won't you save yourself? And he said, it's my name. You know, at the end of the day, Our names are everything, which is why it's so hurtful when we're misunderstood or misrepresented, because if you live in a place of authenticity, that's where honor lies. Mm -hmm. And it is attached to our names and it is important. And it's it's every little thing. It's saying please and thank you to the barista. It's not cutting other people off in line. It's smiling at people. It's not making wearing a contact. hat, right? It's it's making an eye con- it's making eye contact and smiling, which we've gotten away from with these pesky masks. And now everybody's afraid. Everybody operate, not everybody. So many people operate in fear, and they're afraid to look at you, or you know, they you have to keep your mask on. And if you sneeze, it's the black plague. Where we used to say, "God bless you," right? Well, now we mm-hmm. we scatter. Oh my gosh! You know, somebody's sneezing, somebody's coughing. <gasps> it must be doom. Or even just. The hat thing, I mean, I had to laugh because the Brits have long been about proper manners, right? So it stands to reason the Daily Mail's Richard Hansen still provides an end of the year list of the biggest offenders. He's been doing that, I guess, about the last six years or so. And one of the things that stood out on his list to me this year when he wrote his 2021 Bad Manners Awards was wearing hats, where... I think we women are starting to do that again more regularly. And personally, I love it because they're perfect for bad hair days. But he wrote this uh, as part of his Bad Manners Awards. He says, firstly, hats are not worn indoors by those identifying as male. And as a side note, for those identifying as female, they aren't worn after 6 p.m. either. And hats are definitely not worn inside when attending any performance with the audience seated in rows. Why? Who knew it was bad manners, by the way, to wear a hat indoors after 6 p.m.? Not me. But what I do know is this. Wearing a hat, if you're seated at a movie theater or any sort of public um area, wearing a hat maybe obstructs the view of the person behind you. <laughs> So it's all of these things is my point. I don't care if it's the hats or the please and thank yous or not cutting someone off in traffic. Or my favorite is when there's road construction and there's a line of about a hundred cars waiting, you know, for their turn. And then somebody zooms past everyone. It's if that person,
1: yeah, it's as
0: if that person's saying, eh, you don't matter. You know
1: exactly Uh, the type of person that does that. Right. You know exactly. You're like, okay, they're that type of person. It's all
0: of that. It's... I don't know. I, I, you know what? I was like the Brady kids. I was raised in that generation. We didn't get down from the table or up from the table unless we asked to be excused for crying out loud. So maybe I'm a little bit tougher where it comes to manners, but I just think ultimately, if we could all remember that manners are about thinking of others, right?
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think it's, it's, this all comes together as one and just saying, be a kind person, be considerate of others, know that you're not the most important person in the world. You're not, and you're not supposed mm-hmm. to be. And we're really supposed to love our neighbors and be kind and truthful. And And I think people now in this generation, too, sometimes it's hard to believe people even want to know the truth. It's, it's people want to believe what they want to believe, whether it's the truth or not. And that, that comes with the, I'm going to be nice if I want to. I'm going to be kind if I want to. And it's just we've lost the morality of being kind and truthful and loving. Yeah and i think i think covid definitely pushed us kind of over the edge with that because i'm over here thinking i would rather live a shorter life and experience more kindness and be kinder to other people and not act like everyone has the death plague or whatever
0: than live a long bitter life mm-hmm. there's no life that's no be- life Well, I love Psalm 91, the way it ends, and I just marinate in this a lot, how it ends. Jesus says, I will show him my salvation. And I think about what that looks like. We're promised salvation through Jesus, but for those who choose to accept him here on earth, long before their last breath is taken, that means salvation looks different. A life looks different, and we can be confident that no matter what happens, we are free to live a life outside of the bondage of fear and selfishness and bad manners. <laughs> we're free to live a life that's mm-hmm. joyful and wonderful and truthful and colorful. So, well, it's time to wrap up and you have just been amazing. I want to leave our listeners with this. And there were so many verses that I came across, but this one is so good. It's Proverbs eleven seventeen. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. And I just think that's, that's just so helpful. too.
1: I mean, yeah. if you think about people yeah. in your life that are focused on themselves, they don't look very happy.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right, and that's too bad. Well, a refresher course in manners would be good for all of us. Um, especially with God leading the way for us. Is there anything else you want to add today, Rachel? No, I feel like we've outcovered everything. (laughs) I love you so much. You're so awesome. (laughs) Okay, so this is not objective, but I'm going to just say, you're just amazing. You handled everything that has been thrown at you in the last year. Well, and beyond that, with grace and dignity mercy and compassion and kindness and you're just absolutely beautiful stunning on the outside but your heart is really what this mom is focused on and you're just you make me proud every single day and i'm so glad that you found ryan as you know i you asked me to say something at the wedding and i had no idea what i was going to say literally beforehand we had so many ideas that didn't come to fruition, but the important things happened. And one of those things was just having an opportunity to say something. And I truly believe this marriage is not about happiness for any of us. It's about holiness. It's about what we do together. That's better for humanity than we could be apart. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so holy. And, and I see that you and Ryan are that way. I feel that way with your dad. I, I know that I am significantly better with him than I would be apart and I know that's true for him as well and I'm excited to see what the two of you Rachel and Ryan will accomplish together it's going to be awesome Oh
1: I'm sure and I I loved when you said that at the wedding because I because I truly think this whole time I was like we really are such perfect matches for each other we are we are like two puzzle pieces that somehow fit together perfectly and I think it's it's so cool that, I mean, we obviously are way better together than we would be apart, which is really just awesome. And, and it's fun. And I'm excited for what the future holds. And I'm excited to get the wedding pictures and videos back. <laughs> Me too. I'm kind of, I, I, can't I, I this. noticed we got our sneak peeks back so soon because my photographer is amazing, but I'm already kind of itching to see the rest of them. I know. I, am too. <laughs> I can't
0: wait. Well, I'm thinking one of the sneak peeks needs to be the wedding. The one of the wedding picture sneak peeks needs to be the graphic. Well, part of the graphic for this podcast. Go so for it. <laughs> I'll for one of those. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. I so appreciate you being here, and I appreciate the rest of you listening on Color Speak here in our second season. And I hope you'll continue to listen wherever you find your podcasts, as well as on Grace and Truth Radio World. This is J.M. Huxley or Janet Huxley for Truth Talk on Color Speak, celebrating relevance restoration, social influence, and dynamic purpose in all places and all seasons.